Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Martha, I know. Let me tell you the best thing about Suzanne. Every once in a while, she'll text me and just be like, we haven't talked in a long time. Let me call you this week. <laughs> I love that. And then we call while I'm like out walking with the babies or while she's picking up hers from camp or something. <laughs> yeah, right. That's great. That's like, you know, real time, real life. It really is like, now, we need to chat now. It's always wonderful. <laughs> Here is a passion story that happened by accident. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 459. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Suzanne Kaufman and Martha Rago. Suzanne made a piece of art for her daughter's school. She later shared the image on social media, and the image went viral. And then it found its way to author agent Alexandra Penfold's eyes, and soon it became a story. Joining also is Martha Rago, Executive Creative Director at Penguin Random House. This episode is part two of a miniseries focusing on All Are Welcome, a new picture book welcoming students of all races, ethnicities, beliefs, and backgrounds. Before we jump into the conversation, I first want to thank our sponsors this week who helped make today's episode possible, including Gallery Nucleus, Storyteller Academy, and the Little Feminist Book Club. You'll be hearing about them a little later in the show. Supporting them helps to support the Children's Book Podcast, so definitely check them out. And now, please welcome my guests, Suzanne Kaufman and Martha Rago, illustrator and art director of All Are Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Suzanne and Martha. Uh, I'm glad to be talking to both of you today. Martha, you are a a special guest for me. I mostly end up talking to authors and illustrators, but Suzanne, uh, ever, ever, I should say thoughtful, always thinking of other people before herself, uh, has been so eager to have uh, the two of us connect as well. So welcome to you both. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Hi, Matthew. Great to get to, to you to get to meet Martha, and it's just great to be here. Thank Suzanne, you. Suzanne, welcome back. I always like talking <laughs> to you. I was saying that before recording. I'm not, I'm not shy about that. Um, <laughs> and you've been mega busy, Suzanne, so that's wonderful. I, we are here to talk about one book, but uh, I'm sure we will touch on the many, many, many plates you've been spinning since you and I last talked, uh, because we have this new book, All Are Welcome, out, so I'm excited to talk about that. Before we go further, though, Suzanne, would you mind introducing yourself to the people listening, who you are, what you do, and, and what books you have out? Uh, so I am an author-illustrator of mostly picture books, and um, I have two of my own books, I Love Monkey and Confiscated, 
And then I've been super lucky to illustrate Samanthosaurus Rex, uh, Naughty Claudine, and uh, 100 Bugs, which just came out a month ago, my first nonfiction. And then the one that's really, uh, I mean, all of them are, are important to me, but all are welcome. Um, just wrap that up. You know, that, I mean, that just, that just came out a, a couple weeks ago, and um, that book means the world to me. Um, and I just wrapped up another book for Random House called uh, Take Your Pets to School, which is uh, a really crazy little tale of pets being crazy. And uh, that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> a crazy little tale of pets being crazy. <laughs> It's, it's the most insane book. You should see it. It's insane. Oh, but speaking of insane, before we go any further, your your book, 100 Bugs, that your illustrations, you went, I was impressed. I was really impressed Thank at you. the level of detail and, and, and really world building you did with those fields and the farm and all of that. It's really, it was really, really beautiful to look at. You did a really wonderful job. And I think I told you I was reading it while my son was at nature camp. So like I was spending oh. time in their like bee room at nature camp where you look out onto this backyard where the, they're simulating a backyard where you can have bees. Um, oh, awesome. I'm like working there on their Wi-Fi while he's at camp reading this book going like, this is just the most beautiful <laughs> moment to have this. So well done, you. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's pretty amazing to get to do my books. Each book has been totally different. I've yeah. been so lucky. And that book was so, it was so much fun. So much fun. Great. I'm glad uh, that everything, do- everything is different, that every, every project is new and brings with it new, new things to enjoy and to remember. That's awesome. And now we're going to turn to Martha and I'm going to have Martha name every single book she's ever worked <laughs> on. <Now, laughs> How long is this podcast? <laughs> Martha, why don't you introduce yourself to those listening and, and your job, your what capacity you work in publishing. And why don't you share a couple of the things that you've worked on that we might know, though? Okay, sure. Um, so my name is Martha Rago. I'm the executive creative director at Random House Children's Books. And that is an imprint that is sort of the umbrella over all of the imprints of Random House Kids which is Knopf, Delacorte, Doubleday, uh, Random House, um, both licensed and trade um, books. And that's a a lot, a lot, a lot of books a year. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not touch and design every single one of them. I have a a wonderful staff that um, I work with, and I sort of try to make sure that they have what they need to design and art direct all the books on the list. Um, And then I, I take on a few projects myself to design because my my great love um is really working with artists and and making books and getting those books into readers hands so i like to keep in touch with that as much as i can um i've been at random house for mm, three and a half years just Mm -hmm. about and um the the few books that i have worked on over the years um are let's see uh crunch the shy dinosaur um that is written by uh, Sirocco Dunlap and illustrated by Greg Pizzoli. It's, yeah. it's a wonderful book that just came out. Um, I've worked with Holly Hobby um, on A Cat Named Swan and most recently a book called Elmore. Um, I've worked with um, also another Sirocco Dunlap book uh, called This Book Will Not Be Fun, illustrated mm-hmm. by Olivier Telec. And... Um, uh, you know, a number of other things, uh, some, um, a picture book with uh, Jory John and, and Lane Smith called Giraffe Problems that just came out. <laughs> so a lot of really fun projects, really um, great to kind of immerse myself in the in the design and art direction of something. And then then I pull back and get a big overview and and, you know, just make sure that everybody else is able to have that 
really great experience every day as designers and art directors. So that's what I do. Martha, how long have you liked working with people? Because it really sounds like you were called into a job where you get to to care for and, and look after and really sort of amplify the talents of all the people that you work with. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's something I was, I was not that self-aware when I got into it. I was really drawn to publishing because I really loved art and I really loved literature. And my father was a poet and an editor and my mother was a painter. And it was just like this natural place for me to be that just felt so right. And um, I was really, really fortunate because I started out as an assistant to an art director at Putnam years and years ago. And um, I remember actually my first day on the job, I was in this room with these floor to ceiling windows overlooking Madison Square Park. And you could see the Empire State Building in the distance. And and the side that wasn't windows was floor to ceiling books. And I sat at my drafting table and started to cry because I was so <laughs> overwhelmed with joy. Wow. <laughs> I was like, this, wow. I couldn't imagine myself in any better place than just there <laughs> surrounded by books and my little drafting table, and it was heaven. So wow. I never looked back. I, I, that was you know, where I started, and I really learned the, the craft of bookmaking, and I guess you could call it the, you know, the art of, of um, communicating and art directing. I, you know, I had the chance to work with really great artists like Mark Simond and Tommy DePaola and, you know, a long time ago when they were still sort of new. Well, well, Mark wasn't new in his career, but, you know, it was it was a time when there just were so many greats around making making books. And I had a chance to to meet them and learn from them. And that really was just a great start. That sounds amazing. Well, I'm glad that publishing has been so good to you and that you've you've <clears throat> been able to really shape yourself and and hone your skill and and try out so many different things in this time in publishing. It sounds like you really have a uh <laughs> ew, I just went to that phrase of you've really diversified your portfolio. <laughs> but Yes, but... that was my intention all along. <laughs> <laughs> what skills am I missing that I need to strengthen? Let's take this job. No, but it does sound like you've gotten to do a lot of really cool things. And so it it's it's neat to me so like i'm I, i've been in the library for um i think i've been teaching now i think 13 years is is what i'm hitting 14 next year but, mm -hmm. but in that time i can see that the different schools i've been in the different jobs i've held as a classroom teacher as a, a library media specialist at uh, a school like this or a title one school or a school where the needs look like that i can tell how all of that has shaped me for the position that i'm in now, but you don't know as you're going through it. So it's neat to, to hear that you're in a place yeah. as well, that once again, you're feeling like all of your experiences are, are lending themselves to what you're doing now. Those moments are really beautiful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, it, it's, pretty, um, it's pretty satisfying. It's really a great feeling to see it all kind of culminate in some way that actually means something <laughs> and helps you move along. Nice. So Suzanne, we're here because you have this new book with Alex Penfold, with Alexandra Penfold called All Are Welcome. That is, I'm going to let you talk about it, but I, I, I can't introduce it without saying just what a beautiful space you both have preserved within this book for kids to see themselves, to uh, let the, the text of the book really reverberate that it, I feel like it, 
it's rhythmic, but it also takes its time. It doesn't rush you through the story. Uh, and, and in doing so, uh, your art paired with um, Alex's text really, um, I think, uh, allow us to hear a message and to really feel and believe and understand the message. So um, with that, I'm going to let you share a little bit more about what is this book, All Are Welcome. So, um, sorry, my cold. Uh, uh, All Are Welcome is a, I always consider it like a, a passion project that uh, happened by accident. Um, I don't know if you, can I tell a little story about how the book came to be a little? Would that be okay? I would love that. Um, so like many others, um, when the first uh, travel restriction was announced, I just felt completely helpless. And uh, I think it was like in the afternoon and I was just, I didn't know what to do. Um, and I started thinking about my daughter's school, uh, which is made up of a wide range of families from all over the world, from many different backgrounds, uh, such a warm, welcoming, uh, amazing place. And I, I just felt devastated. So that night I just couldn't sleep and I woke up and I decided to do something. I started thinking about what could I do? And I stayed up all night and made this original poster, um, that had a group of kids and said, all are welcome. It was meant to, you know, the next morning we got up a bunch of families and, um, came out and and we're all clapping and, and kind of celebrating that these are you know our diverse families were coming in their Muslim families um, families from all over the world just making sure they felt welcome um, and then when that day was done it still didn't feel enough um, I still you know I think a lot of people had that same kind of sadness and so then I thought well what's so great about social media and so I put it up on social media and I was shocked that it went super viral um, uh, it was all over the US overseas people are printing it for their classrooms for their like, stu- like school council you know it was just it was great and so it was out there and then one night Alex who I think had just had her third her third kid was um you know you know taking feeding her her young baby and and she just happened to see the image we hadn't really talked about it I just did it um uh and she saw the image and she at the time she'd been feeling a lot of the same kind of emotions that I was feeling and then she went to bed and then again, she also woke up a couple hours later and just wrote the story, like hands down, just did it. And um, then she let it sit and she's like, oh, you know, this, I really, you know, I like this. And she sent it to a friend and her friend's like, oh my God, you need, this needs to be made. And she's like, well, I need to talk to Suzanne. And so I get this really interesting email saying, hey, I've got a project for you. By the way, I wrote it and I read it and I completely cried. Um, it was exactly the thing I needed to be making right now. Um, and I think what's interesting about the book and uh, two things um, is that it's it's a celebration. It's I've heard people talking online or just people seeing it and they're all like, it makes me feel joyous about the differences and about, you know, about school and about community. Um, and it's not just about the kids, it's about the families. And and then number two, one of the cool things about the book, um, so I don't want to give too much away, is that that original poster, one of the things when we wanted to to uh, have the book go out um, to, to, to auction or to sell is that we really want to make sure that poster became part of the, the cover, the back side of the cover. So when you guys get the book now, you'll open up the back cover and it's just, it's, just, it's not the same poster, but it's an updated poster and, and which I love that now every classroom and the same people that reached out to me in the past can now go back uh, and get a new poster for their, for their places. So that's kind of, I don't want to give too much about it, but that's, it's just really a celebration of, of, of community and diversity and, and a, kind of a big warm hug to the world that I've heard people talk about. So well I, if I could just add it too, I, I really feel like Suzanne's first thought just struck 
obviously struck such a chord. It was just so resonant for so many people. And um, I think even um, just, I still go go back to that initial, you know, my initial reaction to it. And it just is so, what's not to like about this idea? It's such a positive message. It's so, it's so what's needed, you know? Yeah, I think, I think about how, I think about one, how you're modeling to people everywhere, not just to children, but also to other adults, that when we see these things that we disagree with, or these things that upset us, these things that enrage us, at times, if we are able to react in love, to react in seeing others that may be also feeling what we're feeling and comfort them and show them that someone in the world feels this way, but not everyone does, that there are still a lot of people that welcome you and love you and are going to fight for you and and consider you family. I think that reaction is not one that everyone naturally jumps to, Suzanne. So I think that, I think that it's a really special thing that, that that idea was gifted to you, that it came to you, that you labored over it all night. And that more importantly, that as that art was cathartic to you, you chose to take the step to share it with other people. You chose to allow that message to be healing to others. I think that's a really that's a that's a really big step that I think many of us fail to do. We comfort ourselves, we 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 feel better for ourselves, and that's good. Um, but then we don't step back into that discomfort to try to to try to be a place of love for others. And you're doing that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I mean, <clears throat> for me as a person, when I'm sad or I'm angry, I'm really lucky to have art to go to because if I I'm always just doing, I'm always making things because that makes me happy. And so when things are dark, I find that it's the one thing, um, it's the one thing I can do to, it's, you know, for everybody, but also for myself. So thank you for seeing that. Thank you. I, yeah, there, there's so many things about this that, that came together and, and make, make a lot of sense. Um, but, but the fact that it's this, um, oh, wait, before I go, too deep into this. Let me ask you because I have a I have a, a folded and gathered copy. Does the does the book without its jacket on maintain the same cover? No. Different cover it illustration does. as well. Yeah, it's different. It's the kids turn the other direction. Um, I actually I love the heart. Okay, yeah. Martha, what's the proper term for this? Because I am the worst. The self cover. <laughs> it's the it's the case cover. Case cover. <laughs> you should, make sure you ask Martha about me and gatefolds. It'll be a great story. <laughs> <laughs> but the case cover is different. That's nice to know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The design of the whole book is really. I mean, it's just really. It's vibrant, Suzanne. It's really. It's full of life. It's just full of. It feels really. It feels really well balanced and really visible. It feels like you were really watching. And I, I remember you saying to me one one of our phone conversations that um that that this is a lot of like what your girls' school looks like, right? You you're I, yeah. I am I also teach in a very diverse um county and I'm very blessed for that. But your girls are also blessed to be going to a school that is is diverse as well, correct? Yeah, and, and most of those images um were things that I've been noting, you know, every day going to school or, or helping volunteering or being at you know our, our PTA meeting. So all those are things that I witnessed um, in the past like 50 years. Um, and so everything 
for me, it was very, the book was very, very natural. Introducing the Little Feminist Book Club. Little Feminist wants to help you diversify your child's bookshelf. Each month they send one to two books featuring characters of underrepresented backgrounds. Little Feminist spends months consulting with a team of educators, librarians, and parents to pick each book and create a suite of hands-on activities to accompany them. Whether it's treasure hunts or DIY musical instruments, the goal of the included activities is to make the stories come alive for both children and families. Raise good humans one children's book at a time by signing up at littlefeminist.com today. I, I don't know if you, I think, Martha, I don't know if you knew, if you saw the original text, it had, did it have art notes? I'm not sure if it did or. No, I, I don't think it did. Or I don't think I saw them. So when we, we had the text, Alex was very sweet. She just gave me the text and I actually wrote down page by page what I wanted to illustrate. Um, some parts changed in the middle, but a lot of it stayed. We, we talked about it um, and the idea of the ending, the big reveal, we knew we wanted something like a, a big school party, but um, a lot of the details were things that I was already thinking about. Um, it was one of those rare times where I, I kind of knew a lot of what was going to happen. Uh, and then Toward the end, when I got stuck, we had the magic. I mean, Martha did a bunch of magic. Like I would give her a file, and she, she would just like spread her magic, and I'd be like, or if something I was like, I said something, and I'd be like, and I knew something wasn't right. She she instantly respond back, "Have you thought of this?" And I'm just like, exactly. Like it was um, the most organic and uh, symbiotic experience. So anything you see there, it's bright and beautiful. A lot of it is Martha putting her magic and talking to me, and, and Aaron suggesting things, and Alex. It was like an amazing experience. Well, but, but, you know, I have to say Suzanne is like, so she's such an observer. And so she pays so much attention to detail. I, I think like what you brought to it, you brought so much depth and richness to it. And um, it was really uh, it's sort of like, you know, I was like a kid in a candy store <laughs> playing <laughs> with, cool. with your dummy. It was like, oh, there's so many things we can do here. What can we do that's different? It was really exciting, you know, because yeah. you just, you, and you just were like a bottomless well with ideas. And uh, so that was really such a pleasure. Yeah. She, she had to read me at a, yeah, she me in a times because I just kept wanting to add more and more kids. Add more and more. Remember that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, maybe we need a little, a little space here, a little quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, let me say, I, I want to do two things. First, I, I would like to read, or I should say, second, I want to read an excerpt from the text because I want to give people a, a sense of, um, of what Alex gave to you that then brought on these illustrations. But I do want to just share for those that I don't think we were so explicit to say it that um, Alexandra Penfold's an agent, and she's your agent, correct, Suzanne? Yes. And and knowing that she has this. <laughs> <laughs> this double life of both working to help get books published, but also writing books herself, I think puts her at a really neat vantage point. I like that. Um, yeah. But I, I like, well, let me jump into her text because then there's a design thing, yeah. Martha, that I want to bring out with you that everything, I have to just assume everything is intentional, but it just gives me so much joy. So let me get there. Um, I'm going to okay. read from the beginning. Here we go. Pencils sharpened in their case. Bells are ringing. Let's make haste. School's beginning. Dreams to chase. All are welcome here. No matter how you start your day, 
what you wear when you play, or if you come from far away, all are welcome here. In our classroom, safe and sound, fears are lost and hope is found. Raise your hand, we'll go around. All are welcome here. I have to stop there because I'm already getting choked up. <laughs> That's the thing that happens. So the the thing that I wanted to just ask about, Martha, that um, you can give me a little bit um, more sense about it because of, of that design, is that I noticed how except for the end papers, the end papers are these like solid, beautiful cityscapes of the kids going to school and coming from school, the uh, packed buildings. Um, we see the road, the blacktop, just everything is, is full. It's, it's, it, it's a full scene. And as soon as we get into that school, there's so much white space everywhere. And I always, always, whenever now he, he ruined me for this in a beautiful way, but whenever I see white space in any book now, I hearken back to, I, talked with Kwame Alexander a year or something ago. And he said that the white space in books, and particularly in, in uh, books written in verse, uh, novels written in verse, the white space is the space for readers to find themselves, to see themselves, mm. uh, for us to see more in there. Mm -hmm. And this book just has so much white space that I just couldn't shake that feeling of, of how there was room for these readers, for us, for all of us, to see ourselves in this story for it to not get muddied and uh, perhaps constricted. Can you talk a, a bit about the design of this? Sure. Um, I think that's, that's really well put. Um, I, I think of the white space really as, um, I mean, of course it, it's sort of going to depend on every composition, but it's really a, a way of creating space so that you can focus so that you can, your eye is drawn to, what's really essential where is the the key narrative moment or how much do you want to take in and if you have a page that's really dense and packed it can be really hard to find that place and you need an entry point you need to be able to get into it so you know the the end papers are really intended to be sort of a a setting a context uh, almost bookends if you like um but a setting of the scene like here we are in this this rich full environment it's an urban environment and you following it along into a kind of a light title page that leads you into the classroom and that's where I want you to pause for a moment and really read all the details and not be overwhelmed I want you to be able to sort of take it in you know and then it and then as you go through the book it's there you know we really tried to sort of pace it so that we were adding bits of information um carefully so that it would it would culminate into something more complicated like the playground scene you know or the or even the the dining hall scene where things get a little bit more complicated and more full and and but by then you you've kind of identified the characters and you know where you are and then you know the rhythms sort of change it the book is always there's always an intention to to pace the imagery to lighten up pause for a moment slow it down and then pick it up again um, without losing the interest. You want to sort of retain the engagement and the interest of the viewer. That, so that's it, kind of, you know, that's the thinking behind it. <laughs> see, I like that there's, I mean, of course there is, but I like that there's intention that when done well, uh, the two of you working together guide us, direct us, conduct us, perhaps you could even say, yeah. to, to, to hearing and feeling the story in the way you've intended. Good design yeah. would, would yeah. accomplish that. Well, that's yeah. a that's an app word like 
conducting because I do think of it very much as like a it's like theater or a performance you know you're setting a stage and you're using your your lighting and your and your props and your detail to to communicate and it's really a it's really a um a combination of all those things that's directed and and executed by the illustrator The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Gallery Nucleus, an art gallery and bookstore. On Saturday, September 9th from 2 to 5 p.m., Nucleus will be hosting a signing with the artist Scott C. and writer Drew Daywalt at their storefront outside Los Angeles, California, to celebrate the books Sleepy, The Goodnight Buddy, and Adventures in Drawing. Come see Scott's original art from both books and enjoy fun activities. This free event is open to all ages. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. Listeners of the Children's Book Podcast are invited to a free mini class. Enroll today at storytelleracademy.com slash wonder, or click on the Storyteller Academy banner at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. So, like a performance. So going into this, going into this, did you know, Martha, that like you're going to end with this gorgeous double gatefold? You're going to conclude <laughs> that? Because that, is that like a thing that you're like, Suzanne, I have a gift for you. I'm going to bestow upon this book a double gatefold of legend. <laughs> well, I, I think that as we were, I can't remember exactly at what stage of the dummy it was, maybe the second pass or so. We looked at this and I... Suzanne had this fantastic idea of ending with, you know, all of the, the kids um, with the with the food that they'd been sharing and the the science experiments and the music and the costumes all in this one beautiful scene. And I thought, oh my God, that's like such a fantastic climactic way to close it. Let's make it a gatefold. And Suzanne just said, yeah. Yeah, okay. She nodded. And then she told me later that she went home and she had no idea what a gatefold was. I had to Google it. <laughs> and then as soon as I told my other like real illustrator friends, they're like, wow. Yeah. That's like, they're like, that's like, they're, what are the, it's, it's almost like seeing a prized unicorn. They're like, you don't understand. That's amazing. That's and I'm special. like, I know, but I'm like, yeah. Um, and, and honestly, that was probably the hardest page to do. That took like four weeks on oh, one yeah. page. Suzanne, it was just like has everything in it. <laughs> it. It does, but Suzanne, to your credit, here is what that accomplishes, and and why, I mean, to, to I guess to both of your credits, why that was such a great choice to end on. You know, we have just to give a, a little bit of a synopsis of the of the story as the text goes along. Children have a, a day of school where on the outside of the school doors is this sign saying "All are welcome," and um. They leave school for the day, go home to their families, and then come back with their families for like a, we would call it like a community event, um, where where everyone from the school community comes back in and is together. You've got, with the gatefold closed, everyone bringing their covered dishes and waving to their friends, and on the sign on the door, we could see nice and clearly, all are welcome. And when you open it, what I love is the, the feeling that we are walking in those doors and as a reader, when you open a double gatefold, you're you're in that room. You're surrounded by, we're in the gymnasium where this great big festival celebration is happening um, with, with all of the um, flags, the nationalities, uh, 
flags are, are displayed, all are hanging from the roof, and all the science stuff is on display, and just everything is going on. But the effect also is of a panoramic view of you standing in one side of the room, looking at everyone else that's there. What I'm trying to as say is... As if you're there. As if you're as there. If that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. We yeah. are there. You, Your text is, you know, the text is, you are welcome here. And in so many ways, it's it's literal. It's literal to the reader that you yeah. you belong in this book as well. You are you welcome in this book. And to so to open up a, a a book to be immersive in that way, to be interactive in that way, to for a child to have affirmed, we're actually talking to you directly, or for a teacher reading it to the children to know that you know you teacher are also welcome here. That's that's a that's a really powerful thing. So I think that the the um the format that the book takes on for that that double gatefold to allow us to to be a part of that so effective very cool it's like well, a double unicorn it is a double <laughs> well one thing matthew i cannot wait till you read it in your in your school because i've been fortunate to to get it out quite a bit in the past couple of weeks and when i get to the gatefold and in a group of people adults and uh and kids when i do the gatefold i every time i get this big like ah, of course, like this big of course breath of like, yeah, and it's 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 like, and kids always remember that one thing, and that's that moment so where everyone, and it's perfect. Suzanne, were you it's able a- to have that moment when you finished that that illustration, or did it take the book being <laughs> yeah. finished and you sharing it with children? Like how, as an illustrator, how far away do you have to be from your art to be able to appreciate it that way? You know, with this book, I love every book I get to work on. But with this book, I actually had a hard time letting it go. Oh. I think I, I think I bugged Martha a couple times. Like, well, there's this one thing that's, you know, like I did. I just wanted to keep there's some things I wanted to fix. And I just when it was done, I just wanted to keep working on it. Hmm. I just I just these kids I know. Um, and so we you know, maybe we'll be, when we do the second one. But yeah, I had actually a hard time. Like I like letting it go. I wanted, I could have worked on this for another year. I, it was so much fun. I'm sorry. When we do the <laughs> second one, did you just drop that? It. <laughs> what is the second know. one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's awesome. That's, yeah, I mean, there'll like, be another, but how perfect though, right? Well, that's great too, Martha. But I mean, how perfect that you couldn't let it go. How important is that message that you wanted you wanted to make sure that with a book with a title that says all are welcome, you wanted to really make sure that everyone did see themselves, that everyone really was welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I, mm. I, I, there's actually like a page I'll post it sometime soon where I actually, all the kids, the main group of kids, I actually figured out who they become friendship friends with through the book and why. And so I drift, I driven like, so every time I came to a picture and, and Martha was very wonderful, I would give her these stick figures and like, this is going to be the page. And she would just let me do it. And so I would, go into the page and, and think about these stories and how they were, you know, what was happening in that page that would relate to the overall arc of each of these pairs of kids. So it was, uh, I'm, I mean, Martha gave me so much freedom. And when we were stuck, I could just give her options or she would give suggestions. It was uh, the best experience. And I don't, you should ask Martha about that. She wasn't when we, when we were picking, when we wanted to do this book with Random House, she's one of the reasons it went to Random House. I don't know if she, I should make her say that, but because um, <laughs> I was really worried that I wasn't going to be good enough to do this book, um, oh. it, it meant so much to me. So, so we asked for Martha, which was uh, asked really for lucky. Martha. That's cool, and it was my my honor. 
She said yes. <laughs> Martha, when you work with Suzanne, and I guess any book that you work on, as a person who is accustomed to reading books on my end, what does it look like when you become involved? Does At that point, did Suzanne have like initial sketches, or do you both meet and, and talk about brainstorm ideas? Like, what, what does it look like when you come on? It's usually... Um... I can't remember, Suzanne, if we if I actually place this in a blank layout for you. Probably not. I think you already had ideas. But um, usually, what happens is I get the text. Um, I want the I want the illustrator to to just bring their raw ideas to it. I don't want to I don't want to step in and shape it too much at that point. Okay. Um, but I I might I might just help them get started. I might just you know put the text in a in a blank dummy layout just to show them how the text could be broken um, to fit 32 pages or 40 pages, whatever it is. Because there are some sort of technical parameters that you have to be aware of. And, and sometimes if you don't provide that initial grounding, you, you have to go backwards and say, sorry, it can't be a 43-page book. It has to be either a 40-page book or a 48-page book. And, you know, you have to redo things. So I try to give them just that really simple kind of foundation. And then it's just go, you know, some, hmm. some artists like to do teeny tiny thumbnails before they'll commit to a, a full size sketch and a layout. But, you know, we start with just sort of what I call mapping it out. How does, you know, how does, how does it work in 32 pages say, and where is, where are the climactic moments? Are the images really working narratively? Where are the characters? Um, are the compositions strong? Is the focus in the right place? You know, how are they how are they paced one after the other? Are they sequencing the right way? All of those kinds of things. That's what I look at. And and then I, you know, I'll place it in a in a dummy. I'll blow up the sketches if they're tiny sketches and we'll just keep reworking it two or three rounds, maybe, you know, yeah. fine tuning it until we get to a place um, that really feels just right. And then they go to then they go to the color to, to rendering tight color art. And oh, okay. We'll review that again and, and maybe make some tweaks and changes. And Suzanne is really, you know, as I said before, incredibly thorough and, yeah. and you know, she really immerses herself into the world and, you know, and builds the world in a very logical, connected, complete way. So, you know, she's already, she's thinking about who the characters are three-dimensionally and what their relationships are like and what their motivations are like and... Yeah. And, you know, all of that, which which um, is kind of extraordinary. I mean, not everybody does that. And it's really, I mean, and, and Suzanne, that's why I trust you so much, because you are so, you have swallowed the world whole and you're, you know, <laughs> <laughs> bringing it forth again in your own way. And oh. it's really, um, you know, it, it's, I trust what you're going to do with that. All I need to do is just make sure that, you know, you know, I just check in to make sure it's kind of following certain mm, rules maybe I have or certain ideas <laughs> I have about how, you know, things need to work in a picture book. Mm. But you you really have an innate sense, I think, of, of how to make a world and how to make credible characters and make the whole experience very um, um, engaging and real. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I mean, the reason, I, I mean, Martha, I think that trust is, I think, the best part of working with you. Um, I feel like people, yeah, I just, 
the trust we all had between Alex, you and Aaron and me, it was, it was, it made me free to kind of almost jump off a cliff and uh-huh. try things and do some things and then be, and, and be brave about some of the things we were trying to, to show. Maybe we took some of that away. You know, yeah, that it was just a learning to trust your gut always brings out the best work. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. True. yeah. Yeah. So listen, as we're nearing the end of, of our time together, I want to ask you each if there is either a favorite spread you had in the book, a favorite illustration that you liked working on or you liked the way it turned out, or also is there is there anything you wanted to share about the process or about the book that we didn't bring up that you want to make sure people know? Suzanne, why don't I start with you? Is there a favorite piece that you wanted to share or is there something we didn't talk about you want to make sure people hear? Yeah, there's a sequence uh, in the middle of the book where all the kids are dreaming, they're sleeping, and that uh, was yes. actually an original idea an early, like an earlier part of the dummy that was different. And, um, and as the text was going through a lot of people in my, I showed it to my critique groups and other friends, they're like, Oh, we love this drawing, but why, why is it here? And I, and I, I kind of said, I, I really want to keep it because as I was doing all these drawings, I always thought about what, you know, these are different kids, but what makes them common? Like what makes them connected? What, what are the commonalities in every kid dreams? And so I kind of wanted to hold on to that page. Um, and the way that I portray that there's a little Muslim girl. I'm very, I was very careful about, like you never see her hair, you never see, you see just her hands, her feet, her socks, and then the blanket that she's being covered in is actually a really neat Islamic pattern. So there's everything about that. And there's on that same page, I have my daughters, you know, snuggling, and then I've yes, got, I was gonna say. <laughs> and then the other main characters is a mixture of the little African American girl is mixture of uh, Alex's friend's daughter Kyle, and then my friend, good friend, really close friend Jessica Bagley. Like the spirit Jessica, of her. Jessica, that's awesome. You'll, you'll see there's always this little girl that's kind of spunky. That's Jessica Bagley. Um, oh, and she has and the greatest dress on. That polka dot dress is just the greatest. <laughs> yeah, that's Jessica. Yeah, she's always at the best fashion. But that, that page, um, because it, when you read it, you know, that's where the visual, it, it you know, it's, it's kind of stands on its own. It's meant to be, if I could share one thing about, you know, I want every kid to know that we all share the same dreams and, yeah. you know, we all share friendship and and love for each other. So that was kind of the big, the big page, the kind of secret page that I love the most. Oh, I love that. Wow. Yeah. The one with the, your daughters, I was going to say the one with the rainbow blanket is always the way I remember it, but it's your daughter. <laughs> yeah. That's My so daughters, beautiful. Yeah. How about you, Martha? Is there anything, any particular illustration you, that stood out to you or, or anything that we didn't talk uh, about you wanted to share? Well, um, as far as like an illustration that stands out for me, that's just so hard for me to say. I'm sort of flipping through the book right now and thinking, is there any one that I could possibly call out? And I, you know, I don't know. I don't think I can pick one. But I, I do, there's one thing that I just want to say about the um, the spread, uh, the time for lunch spread, where they're all in the cafeteria eating and everybody has a, a unique and different kind of thing that they're eating and sharing. And it sort of takes me back to my childhood when I was in elementary school, too many years to admit, but um, but our cafeteria was also doubled as a gym and a library. It was a public school. And um, I felt like lunchtime was kind of where you really, that was really the moment when you really got an inside scoop on somebody else, like what they brought for lunch, you know, what, what was in their little brown bags. And, um, you know, this is so much more, um, this spread is so much more developed and, and you know, rich with all the little cultural inferences but 
um, you know, in, in my childhood, it was kind of it was less about cultural things and more just about um, just the in a little kid's individual quirks and tastes, which was always so revealing about who they were. So it's just occurred to me. Huh. I like that. Those things that you 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 end up knowing about your friends as the weeks go by, and you're like, oh, they always pack that thing. This is this is part of their brand, yeah. part of their thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, listen, the two of you, <laughs> paired with with Alex and Aaron, have really made a quite quite beautiful book, and and I'm really grateful that it exists in the world. I'm grateful, Suzanne, that I'll get to be sharing it with with my readers soon. Uh, that we've gotten to enjoy it now. And Martha, it's been so great to get to know you and know more about what you do. Thank you both for sharing time aside with me today. Thank you. Really Thank a you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to close our time by bringing us back to those readers that we all that we all think about at the end of the day. Uh, and I'll, Suzanne, I'll, I'll turn to you first and say that I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning or soon. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Uh, yeah. Um kind of thought about this a lot and um you know you hope i hope they you know choose kind to take care of each other to celebrate the differences in each other and and hopefully you know make sure you welcome each other every day to school yes and martha the same is there a a message that i can bring to the children from you um well yeah i think probably my message is is in you know, at heart the same as Suzanne's. But I was thinking about, um, you know, when you're in an unfamiliar environment, a a new class or a new school, or even in the home of a new friend, and it can feel kind of uncomfortable just because it is new. And um, to just think about how every, every individual, every one of us has a gift, something that's unique to us that we, that we can share, and you can accept that gift and really enjoy it. And um, and you can share your own gifts, and and that's something that just brings us together, and and you know creates lasting relationships, and just makes our world bigger and more interesting. So, my thought is really, um, you know, just be open to accepting those gifts all the time, and to and to giving your gifts all the time. This is Kate Narita fourth grade teacher and author of the book, 100 Bugs, a Counting Book. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, shout out to my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Kate, Darshna, Nicole, 
Jarrett, Mike, Link, Anitra, Lynn, Cynthia, Doug, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Judy, Karina, Teresa, Elaine, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You are all welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.